Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 205. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Freaky Magazine. I contribute material to every issue, so give it a try. Hey kids, have you read Freaky? The magazine of weird humor for freaks like you. Freaky Magazine is a way-out collection of weirdo comics, kooky gags, photo funnies, social satire, and surreal collage. Fifty-two pages of insanity in the tradition of magazines of yore like Cracked, Blob, and Zap. Special offer for Fun Ideas listeners, get a free sample copy in the mail. Made of smelly newsprint and smudgy ink the old-fashioned way. Just message your mailing address to... The Slow Poisoner at gmail.com. That's the Slow Poisoner at gmail.com while supplies last. On sale now is Mark Arlo's latest book called Pac Man, the first animated show based upon a video game. This book tells the story of Pac Man phenomenon and goes through the entire history of the Hanna Barbera Animation Studios. The history of the video game, pre-Pac-Man, the history of Pac-Man, the character, the video game, the spin-off, the merchandise, and the anime TV series. Each and every episode of the classic 1980 series is covered and examined. Plus, Mark Arnold covers how Pac-Man has been honored on various anniversaries, including the 40th anniversary in 2021. A fun read for casual and hardcore Pac-Man and video game fans alike, featuring many character model sheets and other images. Available online through Bear Manor Media, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. Get your copy today. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by PopOptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift. Stars of Walt Disney Productions is my latest book out now. I am almost ready to turn it into my manuscript for Unconditionally Mad. I'm also working on my TV Cartoons That Time Forgot book, plus articles on Nightmare of the Galloping Ghost and Harvey Superheroes. On today's show, we have the Toonie Tenor to discuss animation. Here he is, Manny Cruz, along with Camden Spees. Hi, this is Mark Arnold with another episode of Fun Ideas Podcast, and today on the show I have a new guest, Manny Cruz, and I have a returning guest, the incomparable 
Camden Spees. <laughs> anyway. You were about to say insufferable. The insufferable. I meant to say that. You're right. Like, well, uh, that would be something right. I try to get him off the show, but he's here, folks. I can't help it. Anyway, um, yeah. so Manny, uh, I was recommended by Camden and by our mutual friend, Anthony Kodorak, uh, to have you on the show. Unfortunately, I don't know a lot about you. I know you can sing and you're known as the Toonie Tenor. And uh, you've worked with Anthony on his animation talk show. And uh, someone says you went to college. That's and, it. Yeah. And you, you, I think you can sing opera. So you're going to do an aria right now. Uh, <laughs> go. And uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in animation and music. So we're going to give you the floor. Ooh, this, uh, do you want the abridged version or the <laughs> right, last an hour and a half? So I can say, well, yeah, thanks. Uh, gotta go. All right. <laughs> and we're done. See you later, folks. Um, so, yes, um, I guess my my history of music and animation are intertwined. So as uh, as I like to uh, tell people, this is my origin story. I mean, I was not from Krypton. I was not covered in, uh, you know, mutagen or anything like that. Oh. But um when uh, my grandmother, so let's start off with my grandma. My uh, my father's parents were from Cuba, came to the States after World War II. And my grandmother, uh, Aurora, Aurora, she uh, had a passion for opera. She enjoyed it. But she never had the opportunity to pursue it professionally. I mean, she took some lessons and because my uh, they moved to New York and my father and uncle were born in New York. And she, you know, she loved doing it. But she, like I said, take, took some brief lessons. She, I know that she sang in some like opera choirs, you know, like community choirs in the 60s. I have a copy of uh, the sheet music she did uh, for, I guess, for a production of Aida from Verity. And, um, but yeah, never really couldn't do anything with it because she was single. She had my father and my uncle to raise on her own. And then let's fast forward to the early 90s when I pop along. I was actually yesterday was my birthday. So, uh, yep, 35 now, <laughs> 35 and feeling alive. And um, my mother, my mother was born in Puerto Rico and she came to New Jersey in the 80s. And um, one day, you know, she's, you know, cleaning the house, giving me a bath, whatever. And she I will say with my parents, they know nothing about music. I mean, I can't even explain an eighth note or a treble clef is overwhelms them. <laughs> but they've always had an appreciation for music. I mean, I always heard music growing up in my house. My father, you know, like I said, born born in New York, raised in Northern New Jersey. And, you know, my father's 70 now, and I had a he healthy mix of Motown, of classic rock, uh, a lot of Philly soul, a lot of, uh, you know, Memphis sound, all that kind of stuff. As I like to say, uh, if you listen to CBS FM, uh, 101.1 in New York City in the, back in the day, all those the oldies hits, I was, I grew up on those. And uh, for my mom, um, a lot of music from Puerto Rico, like salsa music, some merengue, a lot of uh, Mexican bolero singers of like the 60s and 70s and 80s that she grew up listening to. But yeah, my mom would uh, sing in particular La Borinquena, which is like the kind of the national anthem of Puerto Rico. And my parents are not singers. I mean, they could sing in tune, but they need a lot of work. And then I would notice my mother getting homesick, you know, teary eyed and whatever. And me as a three year old, mommy, why are you crying? And then one day, my mother said that when she was giving me a bath, that I just started singing, you know, the beginning of uh, La Borinquena, La Tierra de Borinquen, you know, the, the, the soil of Puerto Rico. And then, but I'm singing it with 
with a booming vibrato voice. And they're like, where, where the hell did this kid pick this up from? And it, pretty much, I mean, I had the tenor claw or the baritone claw and everything ready to go. And then I, I think it was a moment where they realized my grandmother was like the ability passed on to him because uh, my grandmother is a huge part of my life and you know, rest in peace. And I have recordings of her singing stuff from Puccini in particular, La Boheme, uh, from Madama Butterfly. And she was excited. Finally, you know, one of her grandchildren, one of the last ones, uh, picked up the musical ability because my brothers are not into music and neither are my cousins. And I would sing at home, you know, stuff I would hear on the radio. Again, more Puerto Rican folk songs for my mom. There's a recording somewhere I got to listen to where it's me as a five year old. And I'm like, my name is Emmanuel Cruz. I'm five years old and I'm going to sing Emmy Viejo San Juan. I'm going to digitize. It's going to be on. It's going to be my first single. All right. And of course, um, related it's going to, to play in the background of this podcast one day. I should. I'm, <laughs> I'm, only, find three. I'm only three I'm only years th- old. <laughs> <laughs> and um, going into the animation side, I mean, I was uh, as uh, sadly as I tell some other people, I'm, I consider myself the last generation of kids that grew up watching the Warner Brothers shorts pretty much everywhere. You know, I um, I saw them on TBS. I saw, you know, the, the AAP package on TBS on TNT. Um, occasionally, I would watch the Bugs Bunny and Tweety show on ABC7 in New York. Uh, but most of what I saw was either on public domain tapes or uh, Nickelodeon. I was a big Nickelodeon kid. I loved it. Was, Nickelodeon was my life as a kid. And besides, you know, watching the Nicktoons and other stuff they had on air, I loved watching Looney Tunes on Nickelodeon. And um, what happened with the animation side was twofold. So I vaguely remember watching Bosco on Nickelodeon. This was, I think Bosco was pulled, I think, 92, 93. So I was either four or five years old. And then one day, I think it was in late 2000 when I was in middle school, I'm just, this is when the internet was brand new to me. And, you know, I'm like, Ooh, let me go on Yahoo for search engine stuff. And I'm like, remember those days when Yahoo was a search engine? Um, and I'm there and just the word Bosco popped into my head. And I'm like, Bosco, Bosco, Bosco. I'm like, the chocolate syrup? No, the cartoon character that you used to watch as a little boy. And I'm like, and I remember like the vague image of him and whatever. And I'm like, God, I haven't thought of that in, you know, a long time. So I go on Yahoo and I typed in Bosco. And of course it showed me the chocolate syrup, but then I found an image of Bosco and I think it was him and honey. So I was like Bosco and honey. I was like, Oh wait, this is starting to, you know, everything's coming back to me now. And it brought me to a website called uh, Looney Tunes, Merry Melodies, the early years uh, on the former Toon Zone website. And then I started reading Bosco as a Looney Tune character. I'm like, wait, what? The Looney Tunes started in 1930. I'm like, what? I'm like, wait, they weren't made like, you know, I assumed they were made, I don't know, maybe in the 60s the 70s, whatever it may seem. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it's just it sparked like a, a, a light in me. I was like, I got to learn more about this stuff. And then I started going on Amazon when it was still relatively new and i found uh jerry beck's book the you know looney tunes and merry melodies uh, the complete filmography which one to start the the 1989 version the blue one yeah the blue one i actually have my original copy it's held bare it was not even the the covers are completely off held together yeah. with electrical tape and highlighting <laughs> and and remarks this cartoon's co- computer colorized this one's edited this one i have on 
DVD and I bought another clean copy, uh, as I like to call it. It's the, it's the Holy Bible of us Warner Brothers. Uh, I was not, but I was asking if if you got the one where it's called the Warner Brothers cartoons with the different intro or the yes. one with. Well, the one that the first one I got was the 89 one with the blue one with, you know, the characters yeah. in the cover, the green one, the original, the 81 version. I uh, during COVID, I was like, there was a ton of books, animation books I never had. that were really cheap on Amazon. And that was one of them I purchased. I also got the that's uh, that's enough, folks, the one talking about uh, uh, black uh, images and animation. I got uh, the Tex Avery at MGM book. What's that? You should have gotten Lemon's book. Lemon's book's the better book on that. Which one? Chris Lemon's Lemon's book of cartoon research. He wrote a book called The Colored Cartoon. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, okay. I, I thought you said Lemon. Okay. Yeah. I have that one as well. I had. Dude, that I bought a, a few. That of one's them. actually a better book. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 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 one the Henry Sampson one the the that's enough, folks. It's just more like here's the info and specific. And, but I do appreciate like has newspaper clippings right. and all that. But the Lehman one, I've read parts of it. And I've used some of it when I was talking about the Sunshine Eleven with Anthony, but yeah. again, I just got to find the time to finish reading them. But um, <laughs> but yeah, from there, so this is now like entering two thousand one, and you know I'm re I'm reading these books and I'm starting to get more stuff and and I was a seventh grader at a time and you know weird stage in your life and then eventually I joined uh, I don't know Mark if you were on it back then but the old termite terrace trading posts uh, forums. I know of it, but I was never heavy into forums, mainly because I had dial up all the way until my I was living at my dad's house and he had all the way to like 2015. So, <laughs> so I did not do a lot of computer stuff like that at home. I'm sorry, I laughed at that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I go, of I was going to say, Camden, were you on the Toon Zone forums back then in 2001? <laughs> he was being birthed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in 2000. So, yeah. Okay. So, close they didn't, I don't know if there were many one year olds on the forum back then. I was, I was I'm 13, only one year so. old. <laughs> I'm only, I'm a bad I, if you, have you seen those forums, it seems like it. Yeah, it seemed uh, like it. Yeah, and, um, uh, I, I, so in my case, no, I didn't type on them, but when I had access to it, I would read through them because, yeah, it was just too uncomfortable and slow for my computer. I didn't watch videos <laughs> and stuff on my computer. Uh, and I no always offense, asked, but Mark, those colors are uncomfortable without the slow computer sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. And I asked my dad, you know, for years, can't we get it? And it's like, no, it's not strung up here, which I knew, but I was hoping for a different answer. But eventually <laughs> I moved out and and then like the year later in 2016, guess what? They finally strung it up here. <laughs> it's like, which is good now. So when I visit him, it's like, hey, we can I can watch high speed, you know, movies and streaming stuff, which, you know. Yeah. Mark, I laughed hysterically at the idea that you that, that you were still using a dialogue between. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you wrote the you wrote he wrote the total television book on a dialogue computer. Well, you don't need a, a fast connection to type a book. I mean, no. I guess now you do because I use uh, Google Docs yeah. to do my thing. So you have to be on the internet. Right. Back in those days, and when I wrote that one, I wrote it in Word. So I mean, you didn't even need a, a computer connection. You just need a, you know, a battery or a wall socket. So you know. <laughs> and if you go way back, I had a manual typewriter, or electric typewriter, or whatever. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the the guy who, who wrote a book on Underdog. Underdog was Underdog's history was typed with a dialogue computer. Yay. <laughs> Um. Yes, I don't even think I. I don't. I don't think I've ever touched a dialogue computer before. 
Well, ask Jerry Beck how he typed that Warner Brothers book or of Mice and Magic. I mean, that was probably, yeah, well, it probably wasn't even a typewriter because, I mean, it was probably originally a typewriter, but then it was probably typeset. Or, or it with, could have been Will Freebold you know, to type it. We don't know. It was probably, yeah, it was probably typeset either by, you know, type that you have to manually <laughs> set or an early version of some sort of, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, you know, typesetting machine you know that would do it but you know who knows yeah. how do we know but how don't we know it was jerry it could have been will freeball who was typing it true but i also mentioned my semantic yeah. no jerry jerry is probably the, doing all the grunt work <laughs> no i don't know <laughs> anyway. i don't know i i i tend to disagree with that sentence <laughs> I know it's amazing at you know i used to do uh, my fanzine harveyville fun times for a number of years all manual paper layouts, you know, layout sheets, uh, glue sticks, waxers, all that stuff, scissors, you know. So. Sounds like elementary school to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, and now you can do it Sounds all like on Photoshop and all that stuff, but it's like, it's amazing. I did it, you know, looking back on it. But anyway, that's why I did things. Anyway. <laughs> we had to do, I'm in an art history class and I hate arts and crafts. I hate them. Like, like, I remember make, having to make a baby Jesus in fifth grade. I would literally tell my teacher, you're wasting my time. I'm wasting yours. And I'm like, <laughs> Can I make I'm it on like, the computer? And we had to use scissors. <laughs> we had to cut something out for an art craft. I'm like, what kind of God would allow me to do this? Would make me do this? <laughs> yes, this is, this is Camden's em- enemy right here. <laughs> no, my enemy, well, no, my enemy is clay. Or having to cut something. <laughs> Scissors and I get along fine if I'm just cutting I'm, something quickly. Elmer's school. <laughs> Why do you have that next to you? Because I'm at my desk. I oh. have other. I got pens and stuff here too. So you know, I have brushes too. Even. Yeah, which is what, what's sad is I always use a black wing pencil when writing. <laughs> I got, I I don't got even a Ninja draw. Turtle pencil in particular. <laughs> now, now I want to now, I, Anthony. How did you become involved with? Anthony's podcast because I have a gripe to pick with my Anthony's podcast that I've told him that I'm going to say live on the air. Okay. Um, there, there was one other part of the uh, the Wait, origin what? story, but I guess we'll leave that for later. So oh, okay, I was going to say you can finish. Tell it now. Yeah, tell it now. We'll forget. Okay, I'll tell it now. All right. Let's <laughs> see. I am merely your humble guest, so you know, you you tell me to jump, I'll say how high. Um. So yeah, go, pretty much. I that's when I fell down the pun intended rabbit hole, and uh, you know. As, as I tell people, I spent middle school and early part of high school, you know, researching cartoon history and buying books and, and some some memorabilia like I'm looking above myself and I still have the, the Mel Blanc speechless print that I got around that time. And uh, I said I was doing all that instead of, you know, making friends and chasing after girls. So, hey, it happens. And <laughs> one of, <laughs> one of my there. one of yeah. my uh, br- brother's best friends um, he told me you're going to get out of this phase. And what happened was like, you know, I learned a ton about Warner Brothers history. I started recording the shorts off of Cartoon Network. I, you know, people were sending me tapes of like uh, the World War II stuff and Essential Eleven. And it's just it grew to fascinate me. And then it branched out into other things that I loved. Like, you know, for example, 2002, I started I was like, you know, what? I loved the Ninja Turtles as a kid. Let me find out more. And then that's when I found out, oh, they were originally a Mirage comic in 1984. You know, the cartoon I grew up seeing started a few months before I was born in December of 87. And then there was a new series coming out, the, the 2003 Ninja Turtle show, which I watched throughout high school and, the, and uh, part of my undergrad. 
And then, yeah, it just went from there. It was Looney Tunes and then it was Ninja Turtles. And then I loved Ghostbusters. And I started really getting back into that as well. And as well as my lifelong love and quoting of The Simpsons. And there's uh, Fred Flintstone over there. Um, So let's fast forward to um, years later. You know, I still kept, you know, I was still, you know, reading stuff online. I was on the forums. I didn't participate as much. I was more of a reader because I was intimidated and over not not overwhelmed but more intimidated by the knowledge of you know guys that were posting like jerry and uh you know matt hunter and and other you know big big wigs in the forums um i met a few in person like nelson hughes because he lives in new york and tommy staff this who's you know like i was like this guy knows a ton about you know uh you know uh you know cartoons as well and then i find out oh he's a year younger than i am and he's across you know (laughs) i just have to take a train ride to new york And he's also responsible for making me a huge Billy Joel fanatic. So I blame him. Thanks. Um, But anywho, um, years later, you know, let's blame Anthony. Sorry, um, (laughs) Anthony. Anthony (laughs) And uh, so I I went to under, uh, you know, and with the music side of it, you know, I, you know, started singing, you know, as a kid, I was in choir band. Um, I was like, I can't think of anything else I want to do uh, as I got older. So I went to uh, my undergrad at Montclair State University in uh, Upper Montclair, New Jersey. I got my degree in music education. I taught for a few years um, in my hometown in various places. And there was one time I was uh, teaching and I needed something to do. And I mentioned, you know, how I, I was like, oh, I learned a lot about music from watching cartoons when I was a kid. And I had one of the discs on me, the, the Golden Collections. And I think I put on I Love the Singer. <laughs> and something about it. I mean, like, again, I, I still was keeping tabs of what was going on in the animation world, more of a lurker as opposed to somebody who, like, you'll never hear me say I'm, I'm a historian, I'm a researcher, I'm just an, an, an aficionado. And I even, honestly, I feel the same way about music, despite having two degrees in the subject, and I've been doing it close, almost 30 years now. Um, but... From there, I was watching I Love to Sing It, and it's just something about it. I'm like, you know what? I never collected all the shorts. I got pretty decent amount on VHS and whatever, but the VHSs were sitting, you know, in my in my house, you know, collecting dust. So what I did eventually was I reached out, and I still had, you know, I bought the Golden Collections, Porky Pig 101, all that other stuff. And I said, you know what? Let me start digitizing my collection. So I started digitizing my cartoons, putting them in my own personal hard drive. But then there was all the shorts that, you know, like a lot of the older stuff from the 30s, a lot of the the Patty Freeling Seven Arts stuff, you know, some of the Censored Eleven, whatever. So I managed to get copies of that uh, thanks to uh, Thad Komarowski. So thank you for that. Um, and then finally, I took me months of doing it, but I organized them all. I had every single cartoon ready at my disposal. And I'm like... Let me watch them. And Matt Hunter was the one who suggested do it in chronological order. I'm still doing it almost five years later. I'm in 1940 because life. But also the ones that I watch with uh, Anthony, you know, uh, you know, it helps add to my total. So in uh, so leading back to what happened with Anthony and then Camden, uh, this will be your cue. So I went to, you know, I was teaching for a few years, but I, I have aspirations and I still do of being an opera singer, but I also have other interests. Uh, you know, I enjoy singing salsa music. I started doing that a few years ago. I hated salsa as a kid because my mom blasted it every single weekend nonstop, but now I enjoy it. And all the other music I listen to, like uh, I love the doors, Billy Joel, Steely Dan, Stevie Wonder, um, 
you know, I was listening to Sinatra before Jersey's own Sinatra. <laughs> so I went to Texas. I went to the university of Houston, uh, to pursue my master's degree in vocal performance, something that I wanted to do back in 2011, but I started teaching immediately after I, I finished my undergrad and don't go to grad school during COVID. I don't recommend it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a few months after uh, I started uh, COVID, uh, broken March of 2020. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm a classical singer. I got to learn about all. I was this in rap. college during. I was a freshman during COVID, so it's much worse. It's it can be much worse. That is true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, like trying to, especially someone who's involved in the, in, you know, in like theater or music or anything that you really need to be hands on. Yeah. COVID. I just had built a, a science project, a science project in the dorm room when you couldn't leave the dorms. Mm. I had to record an opera in my bedroom with like. Professor yeah. sent me like a green now you screen. go Mark tell us how you just wrote a simple book in your bedroom <laughs> I thought he was good I thought Manny was gonna say I had to sing an opera with my mask on <laughs> I actually did my final semester I did a Mozart opera and I had a mask on and I had my Apple watch uh, it was uh La Finta wow. Semplice and I had my Apple watch on underneath my costume was that you speak the languages you sing um, I had to study a little bit uh, when I when I did my undergrad. You had only had to take a semester of a language for music. Oh, if you took a semester, that doesn't mean you speak it. Well, uh, you ha- it, if you get a degree in vocal performance in undergrad, you yeah. have to have at least a year of Italian, German, and French. I managed to only do a year of German, a semester of Italian, and Italian is similar to Spanish. I mean, Spanish is my second language, so there are some similarities. German, like I said, I took it a year. I know bits and pieces. French is the one that always throws me off. Beautiful language to sing in. But once you start dropping uh, consonants, I'm, I'm lost. So, yeah. So when I was in uh, grad school, you know, once COVID hit, whatever, I was like, you know what? I, oh, and, and, and before the COVID hit, I took a film music class with uh, uh, yeah. Dr. Kendra Leonard and uh, awesome professor. Uh, I had her for music history review. And she was doing a film music class and we were, you know, pretty much going from the silent era all the way up to recent stuff. We had to write five different papers of films based on different times. And she's also a big fan of silent music. And uh, if I remember correctly, she runs a website about silent, uh, silent music and like resources available for it. And from there, you know, she knew that I was a big Warner Brothers buff and she was like, you know, kind of like leading me in the direction of like, you know, you know, really, you know, you know about these cartoons and obviously you're a musician, like really start getting into it more. And I had a, a professor in undergrad that said, you're Manny, you're a musicologist, but you don't realize it. So that was always bubbling in the back of my brain. So I'm watching the cartoons. I'm looking up the information on the songs in the background and I'm making those. I'm rewatching them. I was like, oh, I'm picking up on the melody and I start laughing because I'm getting the musical pun. And everybody's like, what are you laughing at? I was like, it's a cup of coffee, a sandwich and you and he's eating a sandwich. And they're like, it's a pretty song. Never mind. You won't get it. So um, so during COVID, um, you know, I, I listen to YouTube a lot when I drive or when I work out or, you know, I'm in the store. Uh, YouTube premium money well spent and I was like you know what? let me find some Looney nice Tune content and nice uh, yeah. plug you slid in there yeah I know so, <laughs> give me a free year please and I typed in uh because you know I listen like stuff about wrestling and cartoon and other cartoons and whatever but there wasn't much Looney Tune content to listen to so I typed in you know whatever Looney Tune history I'm like even though I know this stuff just good way to kill time and that's what led me to Anthony's channel Anthony's animation talk 
And I was like, oh, and I listened to it. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's Australian. I can't understand. No, I'm kidding. But- <laughs> Trip of the Bobby, mate. mate. <laughs> Do my best Rocco from Rocco's Minor Life, you know, uh, Cobblers. And uh, but uh, I started listening to it. I was like, All right. It's pretty cool stuff. You know, some of the earlier cartoons. And I think around that time he was like in the late 30s, early 40s. So I was like, you know what? And I saw him posting on Facebook as well. I was like, let me reach out to this dude. So I uh, messaged him on Facebook. I was like, hey, my name is Manny, blah, blah, blah. I'm a musician and I'm also a huge, you know, Looney Tune nerd. If you need any music help, you know, like once, especially when you get to like Rhapsody and Rivets or whatever, I'm, I'm your man. So he messaged me back and he's like, get lost. I'm blocking. No, he was like, <laughs> he was like, thanks a lot. You know, I, I enjoy have this. Yeah. <laughs> this is funny. We're just ribbing him the whole time. And uh, he was like, no, I have a music person who was uh, Steph Stilly at the time. So hi, Steph, if you're listening, you know, she always provides uh, great musical knowledge as well. And then about a few months later, he messaged me again. He's like, hey, you want to come on for a recording? And this was right around the time I was finishing my master's. I was doing my comprehensive exams and all that. So he brought me aboard. And I think the first cartoon I did was Buckaroo Bugs. And I recorded it with him. And I think it was Blue Genocide. So hi, Blue. And um, the recording quality, I didn't have this setup. I had this microphone, but not this setup. I sounded like crap. It was terrible. <laughs> but we were having a good time. So then he brought me, I think, to do Goldilocks and the Jiving Bears. And then it's just he, he's like, all right, cool. We're getting there's a good flow going here. It kept bringing me on. And, you know, I was like, please, I have no friends. Let me know. But uh, <laughs> next time we'll from- record your commentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, from there, it's, you know, I um, I mean, I enjoy doing uh, the commentaries with him. And, and I'll again, you'll never hear me say I'm an expert on the subject. Right. Like, but that's what I was going to ask. Do you consider yourself, do you think you know more about a certain music? Because there are a lot of music cartoon historians. There's, there's um, Daniel Greg Goldmark. Erbar, like- there's Greg Erbar. There's Daniel Goldmark. There's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You had to say Greg Airbar twice because it's not yeah, that many. That, that's it. That's it. Yeah. But um, I mean, I I've and, and Anthony's told me to do this a few times, but I'd like to reach out to him eventually and see what I could do. I mean, a long term goal of mine is obviously to finish watching all these cartoons, but really digging more into, you know, possibly looking at, you know, the archives of Carl Stalling. Or I know when I was recording yeah. a commentary recently for The Wearing of the Grin looking up uh, like, some of the archives for Eugene Podany. I'm probably, I always say that wrong, but uh, yeah, so far I've recorded close to about a hundred commentaries with Anthony. Wow. We love working with each other. He, I'm kind of like, yeah, he's, he's, I'm surprised he's not sick of it yet, but uh, I guess the last point to this, and then we'll get to the beat down um, is I started thinking too, like, how did it this? Cause again, like I mentioned how, I don't come from a musician family. Nobody in my family does music, but my grandmother had a thing for it. And oh, and I also forgot to mention, I go to school. Okay, so this is what, so my grand, I got it from my grandma. And fortunately, my parents have always supported me, not so much my big brother. But um, so I go to kindergarten and uh, I'm in kindergarten music class at my uh, elementary school, George Washington School One in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And um, I'm in kindergarten music class and I just start singing Largo al Factotum from the Barber Seville or, you know, Figaro, Figaro, Figaro for most folks. <laughs> Did you hear and I'm just going, yeah. <laughs> and well, actually it was the, ver- uh, when I was singing, I think one of my classmates was throwing shoes and uh, pencils at me, but it was, uh, 
I'm going Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. And Mr. Walker, again, rest in peace, uh, Mr. Walker, Jacob Donald Walker, thought that I was, you know, mocking opera. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I like this music. It's nice. <laughs> so, and again, with this vibrato voice that nobody knows where the hell I got from. So leading into first grade, he was like, you know, let me see what I could uh, do to help this kid. So during my lunch breaks, he would teach me, you know, like he taught me my country tizzity, the melody of it. I didn't know how to read music yet at the time. And I have it on video. I have to find a better copy. But the first time I performed in public was in my open house in my elementary school, November of 94. And I'm singing my country tizzity again with a voice that people are like, where is this voice coming from? And, you know, when I was a kid, it's hard to believe, but I had a mullet. So I'm thinking, I think my powers initially came from my mullet and then it's just absorbed into my body as I got older. So, and then from there I got hooked and, you know, I've been doing music ever since, but it was in grad school that I made the connection. Where did I learn the Barbara Seville from initially? And the way that I was specifically singing it. And I was, you know, again, watching shorts one day and I was rewatching notes to you, the, the Freeling short from uh, with Porky Pig. And I was rewatching the scene and it's just my eyes opened up like that's where I got it from <laughs> because I had notes to you on a public domain tape as a kid and I watched it religiously. And I'm <laughs> like, this is because I don't re remember really seeing back alley Oprah as a kid or long haired hair as a kid. I'm like, this is the one that I saw tons of times. And I was copying Mel Blanc as the cat singing that, that you know, that aria. And it, it just it's it was kind of like my my as uh, my narrowed geek side and my musician side came together nicely and melded. And then around the time I started recording with Anthony, I, you know, I, 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 I genuinely enjoy performing and this is what I want to do full time. So, so I had a separate. Was that? So you started singing opera and Anthony showed me it just cut him out. Yeah. <laughs> And I, you know, trying to promote yourself, I admit I'm not the best at it. I had like my, my own personal Instagram account and I had one that was like Emmanuel J. Cruz tenor and blah, blah, blah. Nice and fancy and formal. And, you know, I am a, like I said, I'm a classical opera singer or whatever, but there's people like you don't, you don't come across as one. I was like, why? So I was like, yeah, because you're not a jerk uh, like many of them are. <laughs> and I had that separate account and I'm like, I need to change something up. And again, when I started recording with Anthony, I was like, let me try a new name. So I'm thinking of like a, a gimmick as, you know, we say in wrestling. And then it, I came up with the Toonie tenor. And then I'm like, oh my God, that sucks. That's terrible. I erased it. I went back to Emmanuel J. Cruz. And then a few weeks later, I'm like, let me run with this. So I changed it back. And instead of doing like a uh, tune as in T-U-N-E, like Looney Tunes, I'm like, it's too on the nose. And the tenor part already covers the musical side of it. So I wrote T-O-O-N-E-Y and I added the E specifically since my first name, Emmanuel, starts with an E. And then I was like, you know what? This is my gimmick. Let me run with it. And um, and then Anthony was like, hey, do you want me to call you the Toonie Tenor Recordings? I'm like, sure. And from there, you know, I started. It's, it's, a, it's a work in progress, obviously, but my other aspects yeah. of social media. But at the end of the day, I love music. I'm knowledgeable about it. I love, uh, as I call myself, a multifaceted geek on different things, but mainly my love of Looney Tunes, The Simpsons, Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, and Avatar, The Last Airbender. Those are like the main things that I enjoy the most. And 
I just love talking about them, learning about them and, you know, meeting new people and interacting with them. So I wanted to say, Mark, that I told um, Manny that he should have a, if you do a spinoff, it should be called Hairless and in Tune with Emmanuel J. Cruz. And I you spell hairless, H-A-R-E. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, no, that was, I was like, I love it. That went, Camden, when I you sent bad, me that, I was like, I, I genuinely laughed. Head. I was like, oh, I, I am so fine with the with with ball. I've been shaving my head for nine years. Because I'm the only one here with a full head of hair. So yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> mine's slowly falling off. <laughs> yeah, I started going. I started noticing the my like I was getting a, a spot up there in the back of my head, mm. and I was what 26 at the time. This is back in 2014, and I you know I had a mullet as a kid. I used to when I was an undergrad. I had like I looked like I got shocked with the static electricity yeah. when I woke up. <laughs> And yeah, I started noticing, you know, the hairline is receding in the thing. And I started watching Breaking Bad around that time. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know what? And you got go the Heisenberg drugs. look. You got <laughs> and, the drugs. He didn't see you for a while. <laughs> he yeah, went all out. <laughs> Music teacher turned uh, <laughs> drug overlord. But uh, but I shaved my head for the first time. And uh, yeah. And, and everybody was like, and they saw you out in the desert with no pants on. Pretty much. I mean, well, that's that's uh, that's that's a weekly thing. No, <laughs> and, uh, there's no <laughs> deserts in New Jersey. What am I saying? Maybe in New York. But um, but yeah, I started doing that in 2014 and I briefly regrew it. And then three times I heard three different people say, oh, your hair is getting thin. One of them was my brother. So, yeah, that's just him being the way he is. But after the third strike, I was like, nope. And since then, I've been permanently hairless and in tune. Ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Now, now I guess it's time for me to riff on Anthony's podcast. And I have said this to Anthony before. Now, I like doing his podcast. I brought in Mark. I, I, I basically, the second time I did, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bring Mark around. I love here. So I brought Mark. Then I brought Mark again and again and again. Then I brought Robert McKenzie Jr. And I'm slowly ruining Anthony's, Anthony's ability to call it a review by bringing, his, bringing the children of the directors on the shows. <laughs> I'm basically sabotaging the whole thing. Sabotage. But um, my, thing is, my thing is, my thing, I often wonder, I'm like, let's face it, with the exception of Devin Baxter contributing a few times, nobody on that show has credibility to talk about stuff and review them. So I'm like, these are seven minute shorts that were meant to be thrown in the garbage at the end of the day, at the end of the theater day. And yet we're spending 20 minutes talking about them oh, like they're like they're the Godfather part three. And I'm like, well, let me finish. I'm like, who really cares? <laughs> it's a valid point. Does this, and I and honestly, and I like so I liked Anthony's podcast because there was a different um reviewer. Um, I know what you were talking about. He's like, he would call himself a critic. Um oh. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I thought he was kind of snobbish. Okay. I like, and I, and I didn't want, I never listened to Anthony. I'm like, oh, one of these guys. The whole time I kept thinking, when I kept seeing his name pop, oh, one of these guys. I'm like, all right. And I, and I figured out, I found out who Strum was. So I'm like, all right, I'll listen to him talk, I guess. I got time to fill. And I'm like, you know, he's not as bad as I thought. 
And I'm like, then I listened to a few more. And I listened to one. I think I listened to some with Matt Hunter, who I admire from his blog, from his websites that are now defunct. Curse you for defuncting them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I'm like, all right, I like it. And I listen to more. I'm like, all right, I really like it. Okay. The, but um, but so I'm like, all right, I'll do it. But I always think of myself every time I'm doing these, and I'm like, who really care? And like, and like in 1946, Chris Freeling wasn't thinking that we'd be reviewing these things on a YouTube video, and like people would be commenting about. I don't know what they commented on years. I think they commented on mine one time. And he said someone said, "I brought Robert McKimsey Jr. and I call him Bob." And he's like, "Why are you calling him Bob?" I'm like. Because that's his name. That's what he wants that's to be called by. <laughs> Why aren't you calling him Robert? I'm like, are you, are, do you not know that the, or my other favorite was he interviewed Jake Friedman, which I actually, one of the people who, who uh, begged Anthony to do it. Okay. And we were talking about it. Um, and the first comment was he made the whole thing up for the <laughs> union story. And I'm like, What? <laughs> Wow. But yeah, but I often wonder, I'm like, who really cares what we're saying right now? <laughs> oh no, you're growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome yeah. to our world. Yeah. yeah, I know. But no, I mean, it's like, you know, when you're younger, seriously, when you're younger, this stuff is your life. And so, yeah, you think it's the most important thing in the world. As, as you get older, yeah, you're supposed to not pay attention yeah. to it. And I'm sure frizz and chuck and robert yeah. and all those guys when they did these the most they were probably thinking of is maybe audiences appreciating it and possibly an oscar and that's it they weren't thinking right. about people critiquing them even at the time or much less 50 years six 80 years right. later you know it's like you know rarely did these things get reviews or anything pushback um there is a certain cartoon i cannot reveal any info on this Mark, when's this going to publish? Maybe I can. Um, about a week or so. All right, then no. <laughs> but there's a certain cartoon that was so popular, which it was the first appearance of a rabbit. Gives it away. Mm -hmm. um, that was so mm. popular. It got radio recreated on the air. Hmm. Live on the air for a radio show. And it was reviewed everywhere. There are certain cartoons that might get reviews. Um, it's rare. Like, I know a wild hair did. Um, Gerald McBoing Boing did a lot. The UPA stuff did a lot. Steamboat Willie obviously got reviews of Three Little Pigs, but you wouldn't see, I don't know, I don't know, Racketeer Rabbit get some review in the Times. So, but what I liked about Anthony's podcast, he wasn't just, I liked some guests better than others. Sorry, guests. Clearly not me. No, I like, I, <laughs> I, what I don't like is like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, all three of y'all, we were on the hillbilly hair one, right? right. And y'all were all time. talking about how you didn't like the first half of the cartoon. I'm thinking to myself, I don't think this is what we had intended, but this is fun. I'm going to keep doing these. Yeah. So I don't mean this in any harm, but I, but I have to think to myself, you know, why do we do these exactly? It's like, I often also wake up, I often think at my bed at night, I'm like, looking around, I'm like, you know, this whole planet was like, yeah, I have a hard time falling asleep at night. So I'll like think about random things like this whole planet was like, I don't know, a bunch of a bunch of molecules at one time. And now we're making giant 
knickerbocker figures of cavemen that I was gonna, made up from all i was gonna all, all i'm gonna say in response to all your commentary is enjoy it well last it may not be here after you're gone so you know right. it will be here but you won't so it's like yeah right, enjoy yeah. it while you're here you know that, that's that's <laughs> something i've been thinking about too you know i mean everybody's like, oh you're still young you're 35 but it's just again you as a, as you know you get older and older it's just like just appreciate these things so you me, know, and for, for the moment and let and me it, let me just tell ahead. you something that what um what many people have told me whether it's caitlin mcgurk or not caitlin mcgurk sorry whether it's all the people have told me once you've appeared once you went down and mark's down that rabbit hole you're down that rabbit hole i'm down that rabbit hole once you start buying books on things and once you start one by the time you've filled your shelf you're never going back that's what they always say. By the time you bought the 57 comic book rack, you're never going back. Right? Yep. You're like this forever. Yeah. The only thing and I can may, say. And it, may, and it may lead you not to get very many women. Well, <laughs> women came later. I'll say that. But uh, <laughs> what is uh, Scott Shaw, I remember, said in an interview that you were on the same podcast with Mark, I think. And he just said quietly, he says, you know, it must do says, Scott, great. No, no, it was Earl Crest and Scott Shaw. He's like, did you two ever have girlfriends? It's like I did. And Scott just quietly says, women just like the funny animal comic writers, not the superheroes. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay. No, when I was now, in high school and stuff, this is all my private stuff. I mean, my close friends knew I collected comics and stuff like that, but it wasn't like the way it is now where you can be geeking out you know oh yeah and it wasn't i was ashamed of it i just figured you know it's none of anybody's business so it's like i kept it all to myself but you know if you know uh, you yeah. came over to my house or whatever you know you'd see boxes of comics and yeah you know whatever so i've learned to clean and dust my own stuff because no one else is going to do it so i've learned to dust my own shelves since i was younger because once you buy 20s i have like popeye books from 1936 so what are you going to do with it now, Manny, I wanted to say, I know your favorite character is this guy. Yeah, Porky. <laughs> so um, I will gear it back to music. <laughs> just okay. I have a few questions. Yeah. So, Sing on for us. No, 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 no. Okay. For, first of all, for I, I don't know if I said this on Anthony's podcast, but this is true. In the ancient days before everyone had a VCR, um <laughs> i used to plug in a audio cassette player into my grandmother's sony tv set because it had a line in so i could get pristine copies of at least whatever they were airing on the bugs bunny roadrunner show and i tended to record things and you, you sparked a memory camera by saying the you know hillbilly hair i because tape wasn't like i i didn't have oodles of tape you know so i wasn't going to record like all thousand looney tunes or whatever um i just in certain cases i did record the whole episode or at least what i thought was the entire episode but in other cases like hillbilly hair i i just recorded from the point where it's like, let's all square dance you know and the rest of the cartoon <laughs> and it's not that the first part is all that bad it's just i wanted that square dance part uh i uh, there's another cartoon called away we go 
with uh, Bugs Bunny and Columbus. And I just had the little bit where Bugs Bunny plays the banjo when they discover land and he goes, oh, Columbus is the discoverer of America. You know, you could probably sing it better Which, than I can. You know? Can I interrupt you talk about something about Here We Go? So that's what I used to do. I just take the music bits. And so, you know, it's like, and I realized, yeah, there's a lot of music in these parts called Looney Tunes. Can, can I interrupt <laughs> real quick about something about Here We Go before I forget? Sure. I was listening to Anthony's commentary on that with Strum which I think Strom is one of the people I really like commentaries of. With I really like the ones where you two are together because they're really good to listen to also while you're shelving at work because they last about 29 minutes long. <laughs> when you, when you two are together, when you and Strom are together. Um, tag team. <laughs> because, you know, because those are always the longest. If you look at them, it's, those are always the longest ones. They're about 29 minutes long. And it's about the most, the most and it's not about some really specific cartoon it's about like a random foghorn leghorn and i like it <laughs> but um but he says they mentioned in the middle of the commentary about columbus not really discovering america as one of the facts and i'm thinking to myself i wonder if there's someone in england who doesn't know anything about american history watching this cartoon and learning that for the first time hey people are here learn that for the first time That's when i was true. a kid mm -hmm. Uh, Columbus discovered America, and that was what they taught. The end. Yep. You know, There's they didn't teach other. They didn't teach anything else. They, they, they oh yeah, there was that Leif Erikson guy, but we're gonna. Oh yeah, and there's that Magellan guy, but we're gonna. Oh yeah, there's you know they they kind of poo pooed everyone else, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, and they just basically you know it was almost when like I was in school. When yeah. I was in school, we learned that Columbus did discover America, but then we had to do a play about American history. And one of the song was about Columbus discovering America. Yeah. Oh, Columbus. I, I mean, <laughs> okay. Sing, sing, come on. <laughs> anyway, so um, uh, I want you to do, I, yeah, wait a minute. I want you to do, a, I love to sing it since you mentioned it early. Come on. <laughs> I love to sing about the moon and the June and the spring. I love to sing about um, the sky or blue or tea or two, anything with a swing into. And I love you. I love to, I love to sing. There is, Luckily, I was a little warmed say, up. I was singing along to the Doors uh, debut <laughs> album earlier today while I was doing some chores. <laughs> it's been a while. Some Soul Kitchen, some uh, I love to sing it. I love to sing it is one of my 18 ringtones on my phone. Wow. <laughs> and main ringtone, you know, though, is the Flintstones' first season intro. You know, it's funny. We were talking about uh, when I was in school 100 years ago, you know, it's like in Columbus and everything. They never played I Love to Sing It when I was a kid. I mean, they might have played it somewhere, but I grew up in California. I never saw that cartoon. The first time I saw it, I think. I think I saw it on tape, but it might have been the Golden Collection DVD. I mean, it's like a lot of these things that I read about, you know, I never saw for the longest time. And it's just because they didn't play them. So everybody has it's everybody has luxury now of at least the 300 cartoons they do decide to release over and over and over. I would mm -hmm. love to get them <laughs> to release all 1000. I do have a bootleg set. I've said many times before because I can't wait till I'm 95 to watch all these things. And Unlike You've already you, seen them all. Uh, unlike what? You already saw them all. Me? Yeah, you watched them all, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I was just about to say. It's like uh, unlike Manny, who's only crept up to 1940. It's going to take you forever. Um, I don't <laughs> have enough. I don't have much time in my life, so I watched all thousand cartoons. It took me about four years. So I mean, I've <laughs> seen a good amount of them. Yeah. You know, like uh, chronologically. Like I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh yeah, chronologically. I mean, yeah. the ones yeah. that I've seen, I've seen a fair amount of them. You know, either 
as a kid on Nickelodeon or TBS, CNT, the golden collections of various ones. Yeah. I know that when I did start the binge, the mm-hmm. ones that I, it was like Bosco. I saw all the Boscos. I saw all the buddies and I'm here to alive to tell you about it. Me too. And the early <laughs> and the early Mary melodies, the black and white ones. But I mean, a lot of the seven arts ones, for example, excuse me, the, the seven arts and the Patty ones, I saw them as a kid on Nickelodeon, but it's been, you know, 25, almost 30 years since I've seen a lot of those. And even some like, I think it was yesterday, actually, as I was celebrating my birthday, I was eating some sushi and just because uh, Anthony was talking about Mary had a little lamb and we were messaging each other. And of course, I was like, I love that scene from Drip Along Daffy when uh, <laughs> when Daffy gives Porky the drink. And they start quoting Mary had a little lamb after how powerful it is. And just some, um, and I'm rewatching it. It's been a while since I've seen that short. And I was like, God, I forgot how funny this one is. And of course in beautiful uh, HD and all that, but you know, it, there's, and especially now too, with my musical knowledge, it's like, I'm rewatching them and picking up on all these cues that Carl Soling did. And even though I, I, I know the, you know, I have a, a list of the cues that are in these shorts that I use for part of my research sometimes i don't even i look at the list after i watch the cartoon so i could try to find as many cues as i can just by listening to them and then i come back oh i didn't pick up on that one or there's certain ones that um like certain classical cues that i always go crazy for i was like ah what opera is that from or what symphony is that from and i reference it later like see now i'm thinking of there's a particular cue Ah, I always forget it, but you hear it in Russian Rhapsody. I think you hear it a little bit in Hair Meets Hair, but I know it's from Wagner, but it's a ba ba bum bum ba 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 bum bum ba da ba ba. And again, I I I it's one of my favorite cues, uh, classical cues that I hear in these shorts. And every single time I think about it, I was like, oh, I forgot now. I'm gonna go look up for it later. Oh yeah, it's uh blotty blah from this Wagner opera or whatever. So but it's <laughs> it, it it's just like you know, or even again, it's just like you're listening to a song that you've heard a billion times and and whatever, but just like there's another listen to it. Like, um, uh, I think it was like a salsa song that I really enjoyed and I was re-listening to it lately. And it was like something in the percussion part that I never noticed before. And especially now with how high quality, you know, you know audio engineering and, and recordings are. But it's just like, holy cow, I never picked up on it. And you have to... <laughs> rewind it oh see and of course i'm showing my age and going rewinding it and i do that you know yeah. if i'm talking to a little kid hey when you rewind it you're like why are you doing that i'm like never mind <laughs> you won't understand. <laughs> here let me call you back i'm like why are you going like <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> i guess uh, you'd um, have to do it this way uh, let, yeah, me exactly. let me call you back let me call you back yeah um so <laughs> or rotary phone while you're at yeah. it <laughs> so when i um I'm always watching cartoons and I've always like Mark knows and I was talking to him back and forth while I was doing it like I watched all the Three Stooges films and I watched all the and I watched all the Lauren Hardy films within like two months and I watched all and I just finished watching all the Columbia cartoons within like three months right and there's about 400 of those but the way I do it the way I get it done is like I'm able to finish it. I don't know how I was able to finish it in three months because I'm up till two in the morning walk doing doing an essay on something and I'm never watching cartoons. The way I do it is like while I'm eating in the morning or something like that, mm-hmm. I might finish, you know, they're six minutes long. So I might finish eight of them if I have them playing through a loop. Yeah. And that 
and that's why I'm always finishing them within a few months. So if you're watching eight of it, if you're watching, like for example, you watched one a day, it would take you two years. Right. This is a question for both of you. When you watch old cartoons like that, when you're trying to watch a whole series, do you take notes on them or just watch them? Depends. Watch them. Okay. Uh, Unless I'm doing it for like a podcast or something. Well, yeah, like that. but I mean, usually yeah. you're watching this one. If I'm writing an article right, right now, but, yeah. yeah, like right now, I'm writing an article about old time radio, which I found that the cartoon fans seem to like me a lot more because I like old time radio, which really sets me apart from the other ones. For the other ones, but then I like cartoons because there's about 100 different cartoon fans. But when you like old time radio, they immediately kick you. Um, yeah. Which, um, thank you. Now I want to say thank you, Mr. Keith Scott, for providing me with some rare audio clips <laughs> that no one has heard since, except for some old time radio people. <laughs> These will be on cartoon research soon. Cool. The reason I ask that is because uh, when I w watched the thousand Looney Tunes, I was just so enamored to watch them. And then I realized because even uh, Jerry Beck and Will Friedelbald didn't watch them in order and they split it up. If you read the book, one of them did the 30s and the 50s. The others did the 60s and the 40s or whatever. And uh, so they didn't watch all the cartoons chronologically like I did and what Manny's attempting to do. Um, what I regretted, but I guess I can watch the set again, that's why I own it, is I wanted to write down little notes about the first time this joke appears, this song cue appears, this thing, <laughs> because I was doing that mentally. I go, oh, my God, you know, when I get to a certain cartoon, this is the first time they ever say, I knew I should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque, you know, but it doesn't say that necessarily in Jerry Beck's book. It'll say that that quotes in there but it won't say that it's the first time because i don't think they even knew it's the first time because they weren't watching them chronologically and mm -hmm. since they don't have it that way on any of these golden collections you don't get that sense of the progression of these things over the years and it was fascinating um the one thing i did remember uh is that i think out of all the directors Chris freeling was the most arguably racist of the directors because there's oh, yeah. more in the censored 11 and it might be because he was a director longer but also there's, there's he just tended to cartoon. dwell on that type of stuff it seemed like too. there's that one cartoon i don't know what the title is it's more racist than any of the censored 11 though yeah. mm -hmm. going to heaven on a mule yeah that one that one. Oh, Anthony hates and with with all do yeah, that it's exact. I know exactly right. what I like. And I always say and this I, about the censored eleven. Okay, cold black. I'll admit that there is some parts to it that make it that make it a a, a gold standard animation wise. But what is the appeal of any of the other ones? The other censored eleven, you mean? Yeah. What is really the appeal and interest of any of the other ones other than cold black? I might be able I, to. I think it's the, the fact that they're censored. Because I read somewhere. <laughs> yeah, the, the taboo now, of it, that's why. What? It's just it's the fact that the they're taboo. censored. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, but I don't understand what is the godforsaken love for those cartoons other than Cold Black. I actually do. I mean, <laughs> as, as, a, uh, as a musician, there are certain parts. I know like with uh, Goldilocks and the Jiving Bears, there are some aspects of it musically that catch my attention. Right. And I would say that and also parts of the music of Clean Pastures, like the, the performance yeah. of Swing for Sale. I believe it's the four Blackbirds that do that and just other music that were used in it. I think just, you know, 
just the thing with how Carl Stalling and Milt Franklin arranged and orchestrated the music, just it's musically so pleasing to the okay, ears. I can see but that. Then when I talked about it in a, I did Cole, uh, not Cole Black, I did uh, Clean Pastures for right. Anthony for the Sense of Eleven thing. And I was reading uh, excerpts from Daniel Goldmark's book, as well as Christopher Lehman's book, talking about, yeah, the music sounds really neat, but they weren't using, like they were using uh, images of, Louis Armstrong and Fats Waller, but were they specifically using pieces of music by those artists? No, they were like, oh, these are famous uh, Black artists that we know. Let's use music that sounds Black. And again, that's, that's by the way, I wanted to clarify something. I never actually considered this with Anthony's podcast until I was listening to the Censored 11 commentaries. And that's where I was like, no offense, Manny, no offense at all, but I was like, what good does it do to have a bunch of white people talk about the censored 11? A bunch, like, what good does it do to I'm have Latino, an Australian and a New Yorker? Say, he ain't totally white. I ain't white. <laughs> no, soy, right. no soy blanco, yo soy latino. Right. Para que tú lo sepa. But I didn't know that at the time. It turned to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? My, uh, my, my, yeah, the way I sound, it's, you know. Yeah. I, 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 I had, had those instances where... I knew that way you were from New York, so, New and Jersey. I knew that you were from New York, and, like, Get it right. So, <laughs> difference. <laughs> but yeah, my, you know, I have, a, I, I'm, English is my first language, but I've had times where people but come up to me, they're, they're like still, speaking slowly in English. I'm like, I understand everything you're saying. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but that doesn't matter. What point does it have to either have anyone who's like, what would the point to have not someone who's not, what good does it have an all not black audience talking about a cartoon that clearly. Oh, well, there's um, there's Huey Nelson that he he did yes. chime in for I, a few did, of them. He did he did he yeah. did change that because I know that Fad also made that same exact comment to him. Which I you know I agree with a hundred percent. I mean I'm not saying well yes I I you know I'm I'm a minority as well so I should but that, you know it's not like I have a a good right. source of ref. It's like when I'm watching stuff about Speedy Gonzalez, like someone right. said, well you're Hispanic, you could talk about this too. I'm like <laughs> I am Hispanic. <laughs> But I'm not Mexican American, you know. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. have family from Puerto Rico and Cuba, and I could understand some of the aspects of it because there are some cultural similarities that Mexicans have with, you know, Hispanics from the Caribbean. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, talk to. But I mean, Mexican American. Let's face it: half of their black comedy comes from Amos and Andy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. And all the minstrelsy and vaudeville and all that. All yeah, the it comes from Al Jolson, Amos and Andy. You know, it's. So that's what I was, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, and, and justified, Anthony agreed with me too, right? You know, and justifiably, and I was like, because the other reason though is not really him as much as at what point do we need another video about the Sensor 11? There has to be on YouTube, there has to be 500 different clickbait videos saying, look at these random Looney Tunes cartoons no one has seen before. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I I'm talking say, about? I will say, though, that and, and this is something that Anthony was talking to me, like when he was implementing it, it was like, first, let's just get these out of the way because he, you know, he didn't want to dwell on them any longer. But yeah. at the same time, it's like exactly what you were saying, Camden, about I was like, oh, you know, these were locked in the Warner Brothers vault and blah, 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 blah. You know, obviously not having the proper context of, you know, United Artists putting the shelf on it and, you know, 1968 yeah, and what was going on in history at the time. See them easily on YouTube. It, exactly. You know, the whole tab, yeah. like Mark was saying, the whole tab yeah. of it. But I think that especially the video that he did that he was just like, this is a brief history of the Century 11. 
it was done with nuance. It was yeah. done just mainly these are the facts and then mm -hmm. go from there. And I had I know that one of the comments that I read, well, one person was like, why is he talking about the music of it? I was like, I don't know, maybe because it's a musical cartoon. It's right. a merry melody, especially. But one person was saying, you know, the whole argument is like, oh, why are we imposing modern day values and modern day judgment to something that was done in the 1930s? And I'm like, you know, there are newspaper clippings and reviews mm -hmm. contemporary to the time period, especially like the uh, I forget puss. what well, Angel Puss and and I think the NAACP pushing back on coal black in particular. And I'm like, guys, this right. was this was always seen as or you know and i'm trying not to get into the whole can of worms but you know some people are saying oh everything is they're shoving diversity down our throat and that whole yeah, argument there we go from, that's and, that's what i that's what that's yep. where i was like anthony that's where i was really like anthony you really want to do this because all the right wingers are going to go after you <laughs> oh boy well he's out in australia they're gonna it's gonna take a while for them to get yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I will say I will say this. Okay, you asked an interesting question, Camden. Other than Cole Black, is I guess is there anything of merit in the other ten? Right? Is that basically it? Yeah, that's what I was asking. Is there? Well, okay. Um, is Jungle Jitters one of them? I don't know the yeah. censored eleven off the top of my head. I think. Yeah, that's uh, one of them. Okay. Uh, All right. Stupid cartoon. Pretty bad. Okay. Very, yeah. Yeah. Terrible. But. Even as a kid, I used to imitate because they just showed it on regular TV when I was a kid. Um, yeah, you know, they did show that one. That is when nice. they have, you know, the main guy that's kind of like a goofy ripoff, and he goes, "Oh, hope, hope, hope." <laughs> I used to imitate that all. I liked elements of some of these things. I didn't care about the the racist part of it. It didn't. I just figured that's what they did back then. You we, know, we didn't it, know any it, better. Yeah, that's, that's, that's but, what, but, that's what but, I thought too. And even my dad said, but they still didn't show when I was a kid um bugs money nips the nips and a few others and the reason why you know i and i didn't even know about them and it, it, in channel in in san francisco there is a tv station called ktvu channel two it's ironically a fox station now but anyway at the time <laughs> they used to show like everything and they showed looney tunes afternoon and morning blah 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 and then one time they had 10 o'clock news and they said on the 10 o'clock news, and this is years before they called them the censored 11. They, so we're talking probably late seventies, early eighties. It's like, we're going to talk about Bugs Bunny cartoons. You'll never see on this station. And they go, really? Oh. Because I in, was in like fascinated 80s, to see wow. any cartoon that I've never seen before. It didn't matter if it was supposedly racist. I, I just wanted to see cartoons I'd never seen before. That was where my, mind was at and so they show it and they show the clips and they show the worst clips the good rumor man you know coming out and bugs bunny everything uh of bugs bunny nips the nips and it's like i turned to my dad and i said <laughs> did these actually come out and he goes yeah that was common you know because my dad's still around he was born in 1938 he saw him in the theater when they came out he remembers world war ii and he right. goes yeah japanese were bad guys and they held no punches on calling somebody an offensive name like even nip which is in the title of the cartoon you know i'm saying it just for the sake of saying the title of the cartoon i'm not going to be so bugs bunny n-word the n-word you know then it sounds even worse <laughs> you know anyway uh, but uh you know it's just that's the name of the cartoon like it or not um but yeah i was just and that's where it opened my fascination to it i don't think 
it must have been the late 70s because it was before of mice and magic came out and so i you know as soon as of mice and magic came out that's where i turned i said is this in the filmography in the back you know and it's like there it is oh my god it's the one that they <laughs> they don't play you know and i'm like right. uh, how old was i like 12 or 13 when that book came out <laughs> and i was like because you couldn't like see these things and then they did put it on the laser disc in the first tape collection of looney tunes well oops you know and then later they said oops i shouldn't have done that you know and now I it's like it how, 11 you know <laughs> can i say something about this i like it how they say we won't play this on tv if they plays the worst clips on tv yeah well at the time that was only in san francisco it home video was just coming out so they didn't think people would sit there and tape it but probably somebody did you know and you know of course now it's readily available on youtube toddlers right. can turn it on it's like i want to see bug money right you know? that's where, I, that's <laughs> where like... I hate it that's where i hate it they're like yeah. warner brothers will never put these out or the disney will never put out song of the south i'm like hey I can send you a clip of our, I can send you that archive.org print of, of, of Song of Health right now. You can stop complaining. It's right here. You Put it on my, disc. There you got it. Home you want to see my Blu-rays in that cabinet right back there. Right. <laughs> Every time I go on Facebook, there's always a bootleg copy of Song of the South for sale in the ads. Yeah. Like, I'm like, like, it's not like it's hard to find. None of these yeah. things are hard to find. I think it yeah, is. But I also know that Every year, it feels like every year, some like Vulture or New York, New York, New York Times or someone will post some weird article about Sensor 11. And then people bring it up again. And then Cartoon yeah. Research Facebook page will go up in a ball. Well, I'm like, why have I not left this group again? Yeah. I believe two things. One is, uh, and they're both kind of diametrically opposed. I believe that we shouldn't shove these things under the carpet and they should be discussed. However, at the same time, I think they've blown the censored 11 way out of proportion to their significance in film and the significance, you know, and there's plenty of stuff that doesn't get censored that's out there. Native um, Americans. You know, it's like if you want, you know, using Song of the South, you know, it's like, well, you can't get a Song of the South easily unless you go the bootleg route, but you can get Band of Angels. Uh, you can't get... Uh, you know, too many cartoons of blackface, but there's a Marx Brothers film with blackface that's readily available. You know, it's like all this stuff is, you know, jazz singer is considered, you know, and and then it really sucks when a lot of these things like the jazz singer are historically, um, what's the word? Significant. Uh, Significant. Significant. Thank you. You know, that, oh, it's the first talkie film you know or at least part of it is you know and it's like so uh, you know do you suddenly say well let's talk about the second talking <laughs> you know and ignore that first one but you know anyway yeah uh, but then anyway, i always yeah. found it interesting find it interesting though with me tv and stuff like that is that they'll cut out the blackface gags but you know they seem more than fine with putting the indians running around i yeah. i do find that interesting though that that that, that they that they pick their that they're very specific about picking their battles yeah it's not consistent um you, you know the one thing you learn going through history is there's inconsistencies there's hypocrisy there's things that are forgotten and there's other things that are overly remembered <laughs> you know and it's like you know um you know i i always get annoyed actually as a white man i'll say this um when people say because I'm white, I don't have any sort of credence to say anything about it because you're not the one being offended. Well, 
I don't know if that's necessarily accurate either. Um, I can certainly say my opinions. It might not necessarily be right, but it's my viewpoint based on what I've seen. You know, um, are most criticisms of these cartoons justified? Sure. You know, or are they all justified? No. And, you know, but oh, in, in, in society, it tends to be like this all or nothing thing. It's like, but we don't censor all of them. We, we kind of, you know, cherry pick what we censor when it's appropriate for the time. I think but, it depends on the audience, too. I think Me TV yeah. is a very different audience than people. That's why I was asking about the Don Rosa things. Because mm -hmm. one of the things I questioned about that was, who is the audience buying, spending two, I think those fanographic books cost like $200, right? Yeah. For that large, what, doesn't the audience who would spend $200 already know those stereotypes exist? So then isn't it whitewashing at that point? Wait, I'm watching Manny rise, <laughs> up, to the, rise up to the occasion. That just threw me off. I'm like, the corner <laughs> of my eyes here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I have uh, one of those uh, moving desks. Okay. All right. Sorry. I my <laughs> just threw me break. off. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I'm moving my desk now. Beep. <laughs> okay. What, what was that? <laughs> because, like, if you're going to say, like, if you're going to say, you like, let's say, hey, here is Warner Archives putting out the complete Popeye. So yeah. Let's say they complete skip Popeye Alamo, right? Yeah. Well, the audience for that disc probably already knows that cartoon exists. Yeah. So at that point, it's it does seem like a Warner's video thing would be whitewashing it. Yeah, they did release a, that when I bought that Blu-ray. That they, was the first cartoon I went one. to, and it's funny. Then, I was I was watching it with my mother, and she's like, "Cause I'm like I've heard of Popeye Alamo, but it was the first time I ever saw it." And my mom was watching it. She's like, "I remember watching this in Puerto Rico when I was a kid." <laughs> <laughs> so this was sometime That's in the seventies when she saw it, and I'm just yeah. like. Like oh wow yeah like you that's how that's how well they distributed cartoons right there excellent yeah. job back then yep and you know or as she calls them Popeye is it Popeye Oliva and uh, Bluto there you go so yeah <laughs> Oliva yeah Olivia or something like that like I, Olivia I um I know that um but the thing about it is I hate it when people complain about a disclaimer like someone said as a review of the Tex Avery Volume One he says we are tired of being lectured and fad smartly said why are we going through this again you got the yeah. cartoons live with it yeah i don't i don't like disclaimers but if it helps get it released i'm all for it i don't mind yeah. disclaimers yeah. i don't mind yeah. disclaimers that 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 puts things in context yeah that's what you kind of need yeah and plus by the way most disclaimers if you press that little skip button on your remote they'll usually skip yeah. it yeah so but, yeah is that a reason to give a one-star review for anything yeah no no <laughs> Um, so, I mean, it's like, I don't like them, but I, I put up with it because, you know, it's like, to me, it's like, yeah. but I guess people are dumb and they don't necessarily understand that something is a product of their time. I mean, no. when we started, Manny thought something that I used to think about Disney cartoons. It's a similar type thing. You thought all those Boscos were done in the sixties, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I, you know, I was a kid mainly in the seventies. Um, I thought 
all those Disney cartoons like Snow White and Peter Pan or Pinocchio or whatever, all of those were done in the 60s because they're all lush and colorful and blah, blah, blah. I must have have been smarter than both of you. Well, you had access to information. You you grew up with with the Internet at your disposal. You had Encyclopedia Britannica. You had to drive to the library and look it up, which is exactly what I did. So I looked up uh, Walt Disney and the Encyclopedia Britannica because I wanted to learn a little bit more about him. And it says... Disney is known for films such as Snow White, 1937. And I go, that's older than my dad. Yeah, like, I remember those days uh, going to the uh, Pathmark, which is, you know, one of the the supermarkets here in in, uh, New Jersey, New York. And I remember going to Pathmark sometime, you know, like again, mid 90s when I was a little kid. And they had like a big display case. Or as you can see behind me, I actually have the. uh, uh, this what do you call those things like you know a little display stand i made out of a cardboard i have one of a uh, last summer they released a, a workout supplements mm-hmm. uh ghost with uh ninja turtles so it was like has uh the pre-workout and uh helps you lift up the weights but it had like all the ninja turtle colors on it so but, <laughs> but they have like display? a big display i got the rack he's got that where's yours I got, wait, wait, and i got wait, some records over there i got some other stuff there but i remember as a kid like seeing that big huge cardboard display of encyclopedia I oh, yeah, yeah. Like britannica yeah. and i was like oh mommy mommy can i buy because again i'm seven years old reading an encyclopedia yeah. instead of yeah. you know being yeah. normal and watching looney tunes yeah. and listening to classic rock and um i remember flipping through it and reading it's like, oh my god this is so great and then you have to buy letter b and then it was even more expensive and, yeah 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 mommy <laughs> i can't buy it's too much you know, yeah. too much that's why we didn't have an encyclopedia it. and that's why we had to go to the library for it unlike today where there it is right there There's your library is right here there <laughs> you know, you and nobody uses it <laughs> yeah. everybody's too busy on tiktok and it's like uh uh, dumb, wikipedia and google are one one site one over click away yeah but i'm just saying uh, purposely a dumb site you know right. um That's bringing dumb. it back to music let's direct this show let's, let's go back okay. to the music yeah all right uh, i i pulled out four books because i wanted to show them to see Ooh. uh i don't how much in the music i didn't bring out my carl stalling disc because they're packed away and it's so one of this we mentioned uh and uh i'm friends with both so is uh camden but uh and i've had them both on my podcast is uh mouse tracks oh. well, mr Holl- mr hollis of course is i'm a regular visitor to his house just about every yeah two months so, have you are you aware of this book man that one i've i've never heard of but i mean it looks interesting it's a really yeah. good book yeah, yeah, um, yeah let me let me clarify to the audiences again for the hundredth time <laughs> um manny tim hollis is a collector of cartoons and record and i'm basically i'm having both of them on anthony's podcast to talk about a cartoon that inspired a record um which um which we're scheduling that right now um but so we're basically tim owns basically runs a cartoon toy museum in birmingham too and he's written a lot of other books this is their own this is the only book they've co-wrote yeah. so anyway that's so that far one. i think they're working on another one yeah they are but i don't know okay so here's another one that both of them uh are aware of is the the golden age of walt disney records i've never heard of that one before yeah this is a great book it has like everything all the records Ooh. and the prices at least as of about 20 years ago because and it has still... pictures and yeah it's in color <laughs> and even if you have my hit copy you have the 1969 1970 disneyland record catalog thrown in nice. but that's that's me <laughs> i just threw that in there <laughs> anyway um here's another one uh 
I don't know if I know these people, but it's a great book. The Disney Song Encyclopedia. Mm. I've never heard of those guys either. Yeah. And I haven't read this one, but it talks about every song by its name and where it's located and a little history by each one. It's not really exciting if I hold it up, but, you know, very text heavy. But anyway. no pictures, no pictures. Uh, no deal. <laughs> I think other than the cover. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a couple of pictures, but for the most part, yeah, you get your uh, 101 Dalmatians picture in the cover. So. And then the last one I pulled out, um, this one talks about like everything else, uh, the cartoon music book. I have that one. I just uh, haven't had the opportunity to read it yet. Yeah. But I, I, I'm looking forward to reading that one. That yeah. was one of my COVID purchases. Yeah. So there, are, I'm sure there are others. You know, everybody said, well, what, 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 what about, you know, it's like, but. Uh, yeah, just... I'm getting one out right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I saw <laughs> that you had, um, I didn't finish listening to it, but you had uh, Oren Scott on uh, the yeah. recent um, yes. episode. And, and I love the work that he was doing on the filmography. Yeah. So I and uh, I I, have, I assume that. because I haven't checked his they has all like these type of books too, not just you know ones specifically. I mean, he's still connected to animation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Is there a book about Simpsons music? I know there's Simpsons episode logs, I, but I mean, another is there... valuable thing besides this is um, one of the things that this is not a DVD specifically, but this is also a CD. Earl Cress's wife gave this to me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are booklets in here that make it almost a book in itself. Like it's like a 15 page booklet about the history of White Curtain. And I I believe if memory serves, you know, Earl Kress was like everyone else working on a number of projects. I think he was working on a major book that never officially got published. Yeah, you You see. So this is as close as you get what Camden's showing here. Earl's Earl's wife had like a box of these and she gave me one of them. Can she give one to me? <laughs> anyway, so is there any other any books you yeah. have, Manny, that uh, is are in your collection that discuss music or even any other things? You know, you don't. Have to I know I'm missing but... a big one, but I can't find my copy of it. Which is um, Daniel Goldmark's book, Hollywood um, Tunes for Tunes. Yes. Okay. So I've been I've been I'm in the process of trying to get another bookshelf because I mean right behind me you can see it. I mean I have a mini um, fridge too, it's really nice. Um but over yeah. here. That's the that sign there? of pride, dude. I, I have now completely run a bookshelf. I got three books in the mail coming to me. Yep. Well the thing is I uh, because I, I moved uh back from Texas to New Jersey and mm-hmm. I finally got through the process going through all the books and um I've had this bookshelf for a few years. I think I got it, I don't know, Walmart or whatever. And it's not sturdy enough for me for my liking, especially for my records. And I took my records out of a tub. (laughs) I don't have a huge collection, sadly, at the moment. I have about, I think, close to about 100. I actually just purchased a few a few days ago. Um, Because, I mean, right here, what do I got? I got, like, reading off of it. You know, I have Billy Joel. I have Steely Dan. uh, The Doors, their debut EP, that uh, LP that I was just listening to. Some mm-hmm. opera records behind me. I just got a uh, from I finding. You know what? Let me let me grab them. I'll show you which ones I just got recently. Animation okay. related. All right, Camden can show oh, tunes, yes. tunes for tunes in the meantime. So what's in that book, Camden? Uh, basically, it's the history of Scott Bradley and Carl Stalling. I don't have that one. Who wrote that one? Daniel Gilmart. Okay, is that readily available or is that who published it? Oh yeah, it? I think it's still in print. Who published it? Uh, I think it's yeah, it's definitely still in print. University of California Press. Okay. I bought it on Amazon for like twenty dollars. 
See, I don't have everything. You think I'd have everything, but you know, that's there. Everybody's yeah, always, some. everybody's always missing something. That's the, the rule of thumb. Yeah. You know, every yeah, collector missing, is always missing something that somebody else has. So it's like, yeah, right I, now I'm missing um, the biggest book I'm missing. I was taught, we were talking to Mark, who's, I got to get that Ivan Earl book still. Um, yeah. I sadly was, uh, I, I was reading something recently about like uh, when when vinyl was taken over by CDs. I think it was actually the year I was born, 1988, when CDs officially took over. I mean, when I grew up, I was raised on CDs and cassettes. Um, I do remember, though, uh, when I was in pre-K, preschool, uh, we used to dance to a record of, uh, I think it was Greg and Steve, and it was called The Good Morning Song. Good morning. I were to say Greg and Tim. I'm like, what? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't th- I didn't think that would fly in a 1992 pre-K class. But uh, <laughs> no, I was talking about Greg and Tim, Greg Herbert and Tim Hollis. And I'm like, oh, what? I thought, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of something. I was, I, for some reason, I'm thinking of um, something like off an adult swim something yeah i don't know i, I know what you're talking about I think I know. Yeah, yeah my bad not no okay. greg and tim yes i i do and i actually because i i do like disney but i know way more about i have a friend actually who was in uh i went to in grad school her, uh, christine excellent uh singer good friend of mine that she's a huge disney uh, aficionado and I got to tell her, I'm like, do you have these books by any chance? If you're not using them, you know, can I borrow? I mean, yeah. she lives in she lives in Chicago now, but I'm like, uh, but I, I'll say, hey, you know about these. But uh, anywho, with the records themselves, I mean, I started collecting vinyl a few years ago. I mean, I remember I think the first record I ever got that someone gave me was, you know, uh, Rumors Fleetwood Mac. Great album. But I'm like, you know what? The majority of the music I listen to is mainly from like the 50s to the 80s. And they're originally issued on vinyl anyway. And I'm the kind of person like, you know, oh, look, they're releasing yeah. Abbey Road at Target or, you know, um, or, uh, you know, something from David Bowie or from Michael Jackson Thriller and all that. I'm like, I'd rather get the original, try to get as close as I can to the original album if it's mm-hmm. still in good condition. A, I'm going to pay way less money and B, you know, I don't want to listen to a, a, a digital remaster that they just slap onto vinyl. <laughs> yeah. But with these that I have right here, I actually uh, animation related. Okay. Um, I saw this one. I grew up watching Hey Arnold on Nickelodeon. And I, saw that this was released. <laughs> I didn't know that came out. <laughs> yeah, just this was I yeah. think this is a, a reissue. They made 400 copies and I got the version of it that uh, it's half orange and half green. And mm-hmm. coincidentally, my favorite colors are orange and green because I loved Nickelodeon as a kid. My favorite Ninja Turtles, Michelangelo, and uh, like, yeah, uh, it, it all uh, makes sense. But this Halloween is pumpkins, in, <laughs> no, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. But yes, I still have it in the cellophane. So that's interesting. Hey okay. Arnold, I got okay. that one, and from the same website, which I can't believe I don't remember it. Ren and Stimpy, you idiot! Yeah, I have so that I on one. CD. Though, so. <laughs> yeah, and this one has uh the Ren and Stimpy colors on it. You know, red, pretty much your patriarch, red, white, and blue. Yeah. And this is sort of animation related, maybe by proxy. But as I mentioned before, I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan. And I got this one in 2020 where they finally released the score by John Duprez of the first uh, Ninja Turtles film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amazing score by him from 1990. And I'm finally seeing that film in the theater on Wednesday because March of 1990, I just turned two. So couldn't really go to a theater to see the film. <laughs> I have the second film over here, Secret of the Ooze. Same thing from John Duprez, who right. later went to work on Spam a lot, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And then this one just came out about a month or so ago for the third film. The film sucks, but I love the music. 
And this was <laughs> this was sitting next to them. Definitely not animation related, but of course, a Stone Cold classic. Songs of the Field of Life. Isn't a huge lovely? lovely. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sir, uh, I mean, of course, I've been listening to Sir Duke. I mean, but there's so many great, you yeah. know, deep cuts on there. <laughs> Pastime Paradise and As Another Star. Right. Um. Oh, now I got. But I'm thinking, I was like, man, oh, man, oh, man. It's does like, it yeah, have the get... 45 in there, too, or the EP? Yes, it does. It has cool. a 45 right That's in there. Yeah, have to have it. <laughs> I got that one on, I got it on, uh, I think, eBay a few years ago. Yeah. Still in great condition. Comes with a huge booklet. And, yeah. Oh, okay. And All right. I'm, again, I was like, I was, bo- I was born too late, you know. I, was, uh, <laughs> I, I grew up with it, so hey. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. One of the joys of records part. and cartoons, though, is like Mark said of audio taping things, is that unless you could afford an eight millimeter projector, there was no way to see these things other than if they were on TV or maybe if they were reissued in the theaters, so people would buy the records of the original soundtracks. Yeah. Ah, nice. I don't even, I don't even have that one. <laughs> yeah. Or like, or they would buy, this is my, these, this and the Huckleberry. I do have that one. This, yeah. I think are my two favorite cartoon records mm-hmm. because they're brand new scripts written by the original voices. I will say this for Manny's sake. Uh, the reason right. why I embrace CDs more than vinyl, I love those vinyl things, but a lot of times you find them in the thrift stop and it's mm-hmm. and it's like it I, I so wish and I begged this for years. I tried to get Greg Airbar he said he was like this close in getting it to Hanna Barbera Records reissued. The only one that's ever come out. Ooh, cool. Nice. Uh, the, I have that one. Uh, the only one that's ever come out is the Pebbles and uh, Bam Bam Christmas record, which is <laughs> a start, you know, but it's like all those. Uh, I'd love Uncle to see Rima. all those Cole Picks records. I'd love to see all those uh, uh, Hanna Barbera records things come out and stuff like that. You know, I know they say there's no market for it, but when there was a market for it, i.e., when CDs came out you know like about that time of the picnic basket they should there is there is there they is re- they should have reissued all those albums at the exact same time they did CD. they did the second volume is just flintstones record albums yeah but it's not all of them it's, no, it's, but, it's, it's, no but no but you, you know, really but do you really well, mark be honest with you do you really want the flintstones reading hansel and gretel on CD? yes <laughs> <laughs> ask greg get air bar he will say it louder than i just i did. have i have fred <laughs> i have the one where wilma reads bambi or like well, the one I, where I mean, like well, Gorilla and know, to, to bring it to the Simpsons for a second, you know, all that stuff again should have been reissued when like Meet the Bartman was being a hit. Um, <laughs> right. You know, if they can have big hit songs with old cartoon characters, well, they weren't old then. Uh, new cartoon with cartoon characters, you know, certainly they could have uh, brought out all the old Flintstones albums all right. at the same time. And it's like, you know, it, it bugs me. You're a Popeye fan, you know. I I try to get pristine copies of old Popeye albums, and it's like. Uh, I, I don't want to pay $200 for an old Popeye album. I want to pay like five bucks or something, 10 bucks, maybe Which 30. One is that? What is that? I can't tell. It is oh, Woody Woodpecker. Pecker. Okay. An original album from it, an original recording from it. And I, I also I think have a copy. <laughs> I have June Foray's, you know, the Rocky and his friends record? Yeah, I have that. I have the, co- I have the record, co- I have June Foray's. I, from June Foray's collection that I when I got June's collection, I have two copies of that record. One of them is the actual record, and one of them is the music only track of them recording it. Hmm. I don't think I of, have of, of, here. Um, of the orchestra recording the music 
the recording session of the music that being done. I got the Drew Carey show soundtrack. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, CD. I have this one over here, but that's the same thing. I I purchased the uh, Teenage Ninja Turtles three. I did buy it on as a you know record. I also did buy it on CD, and I still have a good amount oh, of my go. CDs sitting around <laughs> in my. Uh, in my closet. I don't have everything organized here. This is just random stuff that I was listening to re- recently. Do you have Ron Dante's Funhouse? Wow. <laughs> this this um he actually has tracks from if you can see on here. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it, it, well it's tracks from uh Charlie Chan and the Chan clan because it, Ron Dante who sang for the Archies sang those songs too and they sound like Archie songs anyway. sugar, mm, 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 <laughs> and that's on here too yeah Sugar Sugar is on here and of course uh, I'm thinking of the Simpsons scene where the ice yeah. cream's melting on the beach <laughs> <laughs> Tom and Jerry was it Tom and Jerry and Terry the tugboat so, yeah, they, wow. they even carried I it over onto the CD Tom and Jerry albums really nice. strange <laughs> um, which um, I always like the fact that we have now Jerry back on audio from his cartoons and stereo presenting sugar sugar on the radio <laughs> <laughs> let's see what other junk do i have over here i always found it strange with you said though because i know they did those simpsons cds but I, but they did it years i think after they did man do you remember when those came out like uh simpsons sing the blues and stuff like no, that no, or the, the ones with the original recordings from the show that was like 96 seven like ish four of them i think there's yeah yellow, i have yellow um, album I, and songs in the key of springfield and yeah songs in the key of springfield and uh, I think like Simpsons Sing Out or something. or something like that testify, testify i think go. was the fourth one yeah that was but, probably because they were collecting stuff from like seasons nine and ten so this is yeah like late 90s but that's early the one 2000s. thing that they should really do because there's still really good songs in that show that they should really like do another one of them it reminds me of I never got to see the and again, this is right around the time I first got into this hobby. So like probably 2001, two, three ish. But they had a CD where I think it was. It was either like Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes or That's All Folks or whatever it was. I know they had Bugs Daffy and Porky on the cover. Yeah. And let me guess, Camden has it. He's about well, I mean, that. OK, there, there was a Carl Stalling project. Then they did a yeah. sequel, volume two. Then they did a two disc set. That's the one you're talking about. Yeah. And then I... there was a Bugs Bunny superstar or Bugs Bunny in concert or something that was re-recordings, but it was still very good. Well, yeah. I have um, I is... and there's a text everyone, too. And I have that, too. That I didn't. <laughs> I, I actually never oh. heard of that text. Oh, and that takes everything is still in print and you can buy it for like eight dollars on, on nice. amazon you, you have it with a cardboard sleeve mine is in a, a, a yeah you can buy a, it literally it's on amazon bag, anyway. i think it literally costs eight dollars still in print in uh actually in grad school i uh took advantage of uh looking up the you know like the i was a world cat and i'm trying to find a Ooh, ooh, rainbow parade nice. i don't know that <laughs> um bootleg and, and i i managed it's, it's a dvd it's a it's a oh, special okay. DVD right. set. i, I managed to I get a I think it was from a, I might have been the University of Chicago or somewhere, but they sent uh, the Scott Brett, uh, the Scott Bradley project or something like that, or the Scott Bradley disc, and it had a, yeah. you know, stuff from Tom and Jerry and from some of the Tex Avery shorts. Mm-hmm. And again, during COVID, I had to send it back. I was like, wait, what am I supposed to do? Like, are they going to get it? Am I going to get fined? I, had a, <laughs> I mean, I ripped it onto my computer and another and good to- CD, by the way. I guess it's on tape, and I still have my tape player too, but um. Yeah, Mark, I have a tape player. Um, That's fine. But um, yeah, Mark, like, you okay. have Chris <laughs> I do too. 
Did you have a older than you, Chief? <laughs> Mark, do you have Chris Freeling's book? Uh, which one? The one with the, the art animation of Chris Freeling. The one with the, the one cassette tape in it. About half of them. The, the one with the cassette tape in it. Yeah. Yeah, I have that. Yeah. That's a good cassette tape. Mm-hmm. The, the the tape in that one where they have the original recording sessions to the Bugs Bunny show in it. Yeah. That's a good tape. Mm-hmm. I have a copy of it on leg dvd because uh, greg ford made a copy of it for me so yeah i need i don't have a i don't have a v i have no reason that that vhs tape in that thing that documentary that thing is the only reason i have a vhs player oh and, and my family has a vhs player apparently of me teasing my brother <laughs> apparently sure, apparently sure. off camera there's a apparently they left the camera there. It was apparently me saying it Easter, and apparently the whole thing is me picking on my brother. And they put the, they said that actually, Camden. That's a good question. Manny revealed that you know none of his family had really been interested in this type of stuff. No, you know, no. Just, uh, <laughs> so is your brother Camden? Is your brother interested in cartoons nope. or anything like you? No, nope. nope. No one of my can... family member are. I are had you... tapes. I had tapes from like my 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 sister had all these different. VHS tapes of carts of things, and one of yeah. them was the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie. Yeah. So people would just give it to her, and I would watch that, and that's why I got interested in cartoons. My parents liked cartoons as a kid, but I didn't get any information. My my dad, interesting fact, but my dad did work on something. Is he he worked at a company where they would they they ran radio stations across the country, mm. but I got no into but I got no influence from it. But but music was not always playing around the house. Yeah. So no, and none of them are good at art. So I just picked this all up myself, which I did want to ask one question, Mark, particularly yes. you, Mark. Do you love it though when you learn about facts about pop culture and then you watch it in a cartoon and you see it? Because I love it like when you see things like I always listen to old time radio and you always see new references to old time radio. You mean understanding an old reference that you didn't understand before? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, especially when you thought the wrong thing for 40 years <laughs> like, exactly yeah. I, and that's one of them one of them is when they reference one of them is when they reference um lucky strikes so yeah. it's like for example in the columbia short i wrote this morning is so round so form so fully stuffed yeah now what else do you think about when you think of other things as row around so firm <laughs> you don't think of a pack of a pack of cigarettes well <laughs> <laughs> I guess I did because I was like into old time radio too. So, you right. know, and, um, the, you know, it's a wee little boy, you know, uh, cigarette advertising is still out on television until I was like right. four years old. So it's or, like, I mean, yeah. I remember he, seeing, you know, like the, the big billboards and the buses for Newports yeah. and, and, or, uh, going to, uh, like a restaurants or whatever. And they used to have the little machines that like but, the little dispensers of cigarettes with a, by the time you were growing up. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm thinking more like camel. You know, yeah. I remember but, I remember Joe Camel back in the day in the 90s yeah. with his cigarette and his, his sunglasses. And yeah, by the time I got and to, that's like, who high school, he was trying he was to appeal to. Out. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah, exactly. It worked. No, I'm kidding. I don't see <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, just, you just pull out a cigarette and you're just smoking. Oh. You just you, yeah, just, you, you just burn it out on your microphone. Oh, hold on, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> my my now my my dad never smoked, but he did fill me in on things. And he even said things that are a little off color for a kid to learn, but you know, I still learned them. Uh this might be new to Camden. I don't know about Manny, but you know, you've heard the LSMFT, right? Yeah. 
Okay, so the real of course. lucky strikes means fine tobacco. And yeah. Think, oh, Do you know what the the jokey one that people used to say? No. Loose straps mean flabby tits. <laughs> <laughs> now you learn something, you know. And it's like my dad says, "Yeah, in the fifties, that's what people used to say." <laughs> so, well, even as a, as a kid, for me, you know, it's like Adidas. They used to say what that stood for. I don't know if you know right. that. One. All yeah, day, I, boom, all day I dream about too. sex. So it's like that's that one. So <laughs> yeah, I heard that one as a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. But yeah, the the lucky strike one is always kind of funny because you know yeah. they would always say LSMFT. Like, you know, and it's like yeah, all right. <laughs> but you know, they talk about oh, things were so clean and virginal. Nah, they said I, I no, like, they weren't. They said I dirty stuff like it back when they then. Say, it just wasn't you know. I, I always like so Strum and I are are always sending each other off color jokes, right? And and I sent him a picture of apparently in one of the Columbia cartoons, it goes by really fast. Mm-hmm. But they went pretty down and dirty in like a one quick still. I think in one of the parrot cartoons, Paris like open the doors and you just see a ba- woman bathing, and I'm like, Yes, like, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just like in, you know, like the rescuers when they're in the little <laughs> cockpit or something. I love There's it. Like yeah. a, I always tell you a, a centerfold that goes by at the blink of an eye. Of course, people going the, the frame, 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 frame. There it or, is, you know, or, or even uh, you weren't supposed it, to see that. You know? yeah, I, I, I love three that when, bears, that, when they ban that one. film, when they when they censor that film, that scene of that film, I'm like, no one's no one is seeing that when they when they watch that movie. If they don't know it's there, not they're not seeing it. So, yeah. You have to really look forward to see it. So I think when they, you know, when they censored that, they censored that scene on TV, uh, oh, yeah. on tapes. Yeah. So I'm like, well, that makes no sense. Yeah. And they, they also censored the scene where Jessica Rabbit's thrown from the car and I think she splays her legs and there's no underwear. You know, she now has something there. Or they just blocked but, it. Out but isn't it like a shadow? Isn't it like a I don't know what there? they did now, but, you know, originally, but it's, you can't see it unless you're, Frame, frame, right, frame, that's frame, why frame, I'm like, that's why I'm like, I'm like, I'm not like actually against censorship on TV of the racist stuff, but I am against censorship of like the violence or something like that. I mean, like, you know, they wouldn't set when you were a kid, Mark, they wouldn't censor the scene of coy- the coyote taking an aspirin. The, the first they thing, they didn't censor that. They censored underdog taking the super energy pill. They didn't show Roger. No sense. They didn't show Roger Ramjet for the same reason uh, when I was a kid, you know, and then uh super chicken somehow was shown i'm just saying the ones that were the drug abusers on (laughs) cartoons back then um but then the other one uh the first time i knew of censorship was about 1975 76 and it wasn't talking about censorship for like the censored 11 or whatever um it was about violence there's a big kick in the 70s and suddenly and i I think the short is called No Parking Hair. Is that the one where it's Bugs Bunny against the big giant construction worker and they're mm-hmm. trying to build a freeway? Okay. That's the one that all of a sudden they censored like so much footage out of it that when they watch when you'd watch it on uh the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show, it didn't even make it wasn't comprehensible anymore. And it's like, why are they even bothering to show this? It doesn't yeah, make any it's sense. Like- you know, they cut out all the explosions, they cut out uh anything to, that was remotely violent so i mean you'd see like the guy holding some pipes and then the next scene you'd see some pipes flying around it's like huh and then uh suddenly bugs bunny had his 
uh, home with the freeway going around it. And it's like, okay. And the cartoon's only like four minutes long after they cut everything up. Yeah. And then you know, it's like short there's was. rabbit fire in the hunting trilogy where they cut the shot and shooting the gun. Oh, yeah. They can't, yeah. Hold them show, they can't show them pulling the trigger. No. But they can still show Daffy being shot. So I got, that was when I first really got annoyed with Looney Tunes. Uh, that they would cut everything and it, it, sometimes they do sometimes they do censorship where I didn't notice like long-haired hair is one that they censored and I didn't know that they cut the oh Mr. Jones Mr. Jones you know <laughs> that whole scene gone but I didn't right. know it was missing because it was a good enough cut that it didn't matter if it was in there or not it was just a shorter cartoon it wasn't until you mentioned the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie that the scene was in there and I go Oh my God, where'd this scene come from? It, you know, it's like, thing. so at that point, I was like, movie? I want to see uncut cartoons. Anyway, go on. The, the scene with the boulder in Robin Hood Daffy. Yeah. I had no idea that scene exists until I saw that cartoon because I was so familiar with it for the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie. Yeah. Which did they cut that scene out for time? Yeah, they cut things for time in Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie, but they didn't cut it for violence. So no, yeah, but they cut yeah. things for time all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I'm like, wait, this is a brand new scene. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> when I first saw that cartoon outside yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We're jumping all over the map. Uh, we've been talking for almost two hours, so I'll just kind of wrap it up here. But uh, Manny, do you have any other final thoughts or anything else you want to say? And uh, do you ever make personal appearances or are you just showing up on Anthony's uh, <laughs> animation you get, talk? Let's actually literally, do you make opera appearances? That's yes. At the moment, I'm just still trying to figure out how to proceed with my performing career. I mean, for right now, mainly, I, I like to call myself a musical mercenary. I'm like, hey, you need somebody to sing for this choir, whether it's a church choir, community choir. Um, I'm exactly, and I have the bald head too, just like Elmer now. Um, but <laughs> You know, I, I'm actually t- uh, studying with a teacher on Tuesdays um, through Zoom, a teacher that's out in California as well. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, because I, I expected myself to stay in Houston after I finished school, but COVID screwed everything up. And mm-hmm. fortunately, I'm back home, but I'm getting getting learning some new music to get some auditions up and running. And there's other things that I'd like to explore, not just opera, but again, like saying interest in salsa, doing some other things, you know, I... Uh, I know I need a lot of work at it, but I would love to possibly do some type of work in voiceover. But at the end of the day, I just see myself performing what it is specifically. I still don't know yet because, again, it's just COVID screwed everything up and <laughs> just trying to figure out, you it's know, just over. the way it, it's pretty much. I mean, a lot of us musicians, we felt like that during COVID. And sadly, and, and I think it's a load of nonsense, too. I was talking about it with a buddy of mine, how. Like I see, I have some, uh, my friends that I went to grad school with, you know, a lot of them were like Camden's age or a little bit younger or a little older and they're auditioning. They're doing the young artist programs and everything. And I aged out of a lot of those things at 30 and it's completely ridiculous because there's a lot of talented classical singers that they vocally just don't click until, and a lot of singers in general, your voice doesn't mature really until you hit your late twenties, early thirties and, you know, they, they put the arbitrary age limit onto mm-hmm. what you all oh, well, you're like, I, I'm thinking of auditioning for us, uh, you know, like do a competition just to see where I can go. But this is my final year of eligibility. I'm 35 and I never competed in this before. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like I look at it this way. If I'm singing somewhere 
if I'm creating content with Anthony or eventually I'd like to create my own content that's either music or geeky stuff related. Oh, and, hairless um, in tune. Hairless and in tune <laughs> with the Toony Tenor. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what I like to see myself do. And uh, I mean, as for, you know, that I've been listening to, you know, Mark, I've been listening to this podcast here and there. And uh, I, it was, I was very, I was very flattered that you invited me on here and I'm hoping I didn't, uh, I hope we pause the audition, you know, in my case, <laughs> and uh, it would be cool if I could get to talk, you know, not just anime, you know, animation or music or anything. And uh, it's uh, yeah. And again, too, like I said, with, uh, I mean, I, you'll never ever hear me call myself an expert, especially on animation. I'm just an aficionado. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I know a thing. Is the term I use too. Yeah. And with music, I mean, some people are like, well, you are a master of music. I was like, yeah, it's just a piece of paper. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like I call myself. I'm just I'm the eternal student. And I'm always looking forward to learning new things and just talking about stuff I'm passionate about. And it's mm-hmm. it's it's music. And it's, uh, you know, being, a, as I say, on Anthony's channel, being a nerd about mm-hmm. various subjects you know as our you know in our case you know we're all fans of theatrical animation and uh mm-hmm. you know it's 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 always fun to talk about because you know mm-hmm. like with my some of my closest friends most uh, yeah like my close close group of friends like i i know tons of people from all different jobs and places and whatever but like my core group of closest friends i consider like family they're not talking about looney tunes they're not talking about <laughs> You know, uh, Stevie Wonder, they're, you know, like they, they like I, I, one of my buddies that I'm actually gonna, uh, he's gonna treat me to dinner tonight for my birthday, but he was like, I was like, dude, like, why do you hang out with me? Like, you know, I'm not the, you know, cause, you know, I still have that baggage of, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, like, oh, you were into comic books, you were into, uh, cartoons or especially, you know, I have friends that are really big into anime and manga. It was like, oh, I was like made fun of it. And now anime and manga are huge. And I said, like, you know, like I'm I'm openly nerd. Like, you know, I, I wear my 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 Looney Tunes and Ninja Turtles gear and my music stuff with pride. And he's like, because you're you like you're you are the genuine article. You you, you know, you don't hide away from the stuff you enjoy. And and I even said, I was like, yeah, but it's weird. And, and, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, but Manny, but you're weird in a lovable, friendly way. You're not weird like, let me call the cops on you kind of weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, it's great now that, you know, that that we are now at that age that. I've never know. been made fun of for being, and I think I only remember one time in my life where I've ever been made fun of <laughs> for liking cartoons. And that one person never did it again because everyone else got mad at him. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it because it's it's it, you know, I would say in the past 15, 10, 15 years has become more socially acceptable. I mean, like yeah. I was like wearing like Ninja Turtle shirts and like having my animation books for me in high school. And I grew, you know, where I grew up on, you know, the fourth largest city in, in New Jersey. And it's it's, it's a rough area. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. wearing I'm wearing a Legend of Korra shirt. You got the comic book authority. You got Chuck Jones. See, we're all co- we're a bunch of nerds. But uh, but I I went to actually. Where did you get it? I went to a yeah. uh, a, a party. Just, I think it was they had a party uh just before I was leaving Houston. Like my buddies from grad school and my friend, uh, to, like a few of my friends, their boyfriends were there. They were talking to me. And they were like, oh, we hear that you're like a cartoon guy. And I'm like downplaying like, yeah, I know a thing or two, whatever. And then they just start flooding me with questions. And like, <laughs> I'm answering them. 
and you're there like, oh my God, like this is okay. Just to get into in the conversation. I'm just like, where were all these people 20 years ago? Exactly. You know, like when we were being, you know, like you, you had to hide that in shame or of course, you know, like sometimes I'll see on Instagram or whatever on social media, it's like these, you know, these really gorgeous women, like collecting, you know, comic books and Pokemon cards and, and, and this and that. And again, I'm like, where were these girls when I was a kid? <laughs> <laughs> it would have made life so much easier. <laughs> Lucky. Uh. <laughs> oh, before we go, I do. Camden asked this earlier, and it just reminded me. Um, oh, by the way, I'll say this again. Yeah, a friend of mine named Joe gave me this That's a great years shirt. ago. So That's an awesome I think it's shirt, from yeah. I think it's from Graffiti Design, so you can probably find it. Anyway, here's something, and you mentioned Elmer Fudd. It popped in my head. It's like uh, that I didn't understand for the longest time. Manny probably knows because it's music related, but I didn't know. Is um, corny concerto and he goes and the music goes a wound and a wound and it comes out comes here. out here yeah and i didn't know there was a song that they sing that exactly <laughs> you know and it's like years later i hear this song and it goes oh, music goes round and round and comes out here and what <laughs> what what, what, what? <laughs> you know and it's like i did that double take like that because it's like there there was one of those moments that you know i'd heard i'd seen corny concerto a dozen thousand times you know and it's like i didn't know that song <laughs> so anyway that's all i wanted the, to say the, the, the whip wing with them of the woodwinds i mean that's one of the greatest lines ever yep. if i ever have to talk about a saxophone or a clarinet, I never, but the I, whip wing with them of the woodwinds <laughs> that's one of those cartoons i remember seeing on tv actually too before mm -hmm. I ever got any DVDs, I never saw the Elmer Fudd part. They would only show they would, <laughs> constantly, they would only show either the duck part or yeah. or the Bugs Bunny part. Did you understand that it was a Fantasia parody or no? No, because yeah, they I, I figured they cut it that much. <laughs> yeah, like, probably escaped the radar there. The because Dean's they, they would Dean's only show Taylor the impersonation. <laughs> you know, so. My theory about why is that they needed time to fill because they don't have enough time anymore on television because of advertisements to have mm -hmm. be able to show so many cartoons. Right. So they would just put two pieces, like one little piece. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, um, does anybody have any other final thoughts? About, we can I have go one on question. Two, okay. One question. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, Manny, do you ever listen to yourself on Anthony's podcast? <laughs> I do, and there are plenty of parts that I'm like, oh my god, what the hell am I talking about? Or, uh, and I can, or it's it's funny. I actually can tolerate hearing myself talking on Anthony's channel to it too. more than hearing myself sing. I <laughs> despise hearing myself sing, or like you know, I was playing back a recording that I did. I was uh, auditioning for a uh, Lay Miz um, not that long ago, and I was playing back the recording or. I don't know. You uh, you guys are probably the same way. Like if you're playing it around other people, if I'm playing. Well, like, we don't know how like, it's like to play recordings of each other singing. So, well, or it's singing or just like hearing yourself talk and you play it and you start going like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then like, especially going, my singing, like yeah. parts, people like you see them getting emotional and I'm like, it's that bad, right? No, it sounds so beautiful. Yeah. Or like, oh my God, like I sound like such a dweeb and blah, blah, blah. Like, wow, that's really yeah. cool. Like, you know, all this I, stuff about blah, blah, blah. So it's, I mean, I, I listen to it, but there's parts I'm like, oh, it's just, I, 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 a show with Tim Hollis. 
I hosted a radio show where I had Tim Hollis on, and I was about not a radio show about a project, school project. It was about Birmingham local kids show host, and I played rare audio clips and everything. I'm like, just get to the clips, just get to the clips, because I was showing it in class. Everyone, I'm like, no. Just the self consciousness it kills you in the. Process. I know. I, I I actually liked, but eventually I heard it enough to where I'm like, all right, because after you heard it so many times, you're like, okay. I'm totally used yeah. to my own voice now, but when I was a kid, ooh, yeah, and, and I all like this. <laughs> you know, it's like, geez, what's wrong with that kid? <laughs> I, I have, I have interviewed. I actually counted how many interviews I've done. I've done over 300 interviews. Okay, on things, mm-hmm. whether it's like you know, interviewing senators to interviewing. I've interviewed yoga teachers to senators to Christ to Catholic jerks to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the nice way i can describe a few uh, racist human being but okay but but i've interviewed everyone and so you got used to it but i listen to my podcast i also listen to this podcast when it comes to it. uh and i just say what did i do bad last time that i can do better this time only for me to forget the next time <laughs> don't interrupt I know we're all guilty of that. Don't worry. Um, All right. Well, let's wrap it up here. That's a a good note to end it on. Um, Well, it was great having you, Manny. It was great having you again, Camden. And we'll have you both again together or separately or somehow uh, in future. Maybe have Strom on here too. And uh, that pretty much wraps it up for another episode of the Fun Ideas Podcast. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Emmanuel Cruz with Camden Spees for being my special guests. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode number 206 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night. Tower.